Pray with me, please. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God and fire of love. We cannot pray, we cannot reflect, we cannot receive reflection without your aid. Kindle in us the fire of your love and illumine us now with your light, that with steadfast wills and holy thoughts we may approach the Father in spirit and in truth through Jesus Christ our Lord, who reigns with you and the Father in eternal union. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this past Sunday, uh, Pentecost Sunday, when I preached, I told a little bit of my personal testimony. And I I won't actually go over hardly any of it this morning, except for the fact that um, I gave my story, at least part of my story. And I don't think I did a great job bringing this out in the sermon on Sunday. You can go listen to that online if you're curious. But um, that story and that part of that story is part of a much grander and larger story that God is the author of. I think every one of us eventually has the the realization, especially as Christians, that we all have a story, but we're not exactly the author of that story, at least in a grand sense. You, You didn't consent to being born. You were born, and your story started, and you're just kind of thrown into this world, and we might think to ourselves for a long time that we're the author of the story, but I think most of us eventually realize that, well, there was something before us, and before them, and before them, and so on and so forth, and it all comes from somewhere, and in the Christian vision of the world, the author, the real author of the whole story is God. And so when we come to that realization and join him as kind of maybe a co-author, I don't know, not a ghostwriter, but a a sub-author. He's the grand author and we're we're underneath him. We have a part in our story to play and we write some of it, but he's the one weaving it all together. And so our story is a part of his big story. And I love those places in scripture that we kind of get the whole story all at once. I mean, in a very condensed fashion. And that's what I want to focus on. If you have your Book of Common Prayer, open that back up to the psalm. Because I think we actually find basically the whole story of the Bible in the psalm. It's, kind of, it's really cool. And once you see it, you, you can't unsee it. So page 405 in the Book of Common Prayer, that psalm. Theologians and biblical scholars and people that are trying to to help other people read and interpret the Bible, usually talk about uh, the four acts in the biblical story, creation, fall, redemption, new creation, or glorification. And we actually, we get that whole narrative in our psalm. Verses 24 to 28 is creation. It says it explicitly, Lord, how manifold are your works, and wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Being creator, he creates creatures. Two kinds of things. So is the great and wide sea also in which are things creeping innumerable, creatures both great and small. Skipping to verse 27, these all, every one of us, all creatures, wait upon you that you may give them food in due season. He's the ultimate reason for our being. He's the one that not only creates us but sustains us. That's the doctrine of providence. And creation and providence are what John Webster calls distributed doctrines. They're doctrines that that they don't just start somewhere, but they start and they go. That is, that every moment of your life from the beginning of it until now is part of the story of providence. God's not only creating the world and then taking a vacation, like the deists think, but actually God ordering everything toward his ends, and that includes your story, the doctrine of providence. Verse 28, when you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they're filled with good things. And then we get the fall in verse 29. When you hide your face, they are troubled. When you take away their breath, they die and are turned again to their dust. 
the last line of the curse in Genesis 3, when, when Adam is being cursed, he's, kind of, he's the third one in line to be cursed. It's kind of the, the curse that is distributed. It goes to the others. It goes to the rest of creation. The last line in the curse is this. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's the curse of death. And that's the fall. And this image in the fall here in the psalm, when, when you turn your face away, that is that we lost fellowship with God. Adam and Eve were in fellowship with God. They were, in a sense, face to face with him in the garden. But in the fall, God turns his face away. Scripture says he cannot look on sin. That we, we can't have full communion and fellowship with God like we used to in the garden. We can't see his face like we used to in our fallen state. But then here comes redemption. When you let your breath go forth, verse 30, they shall be made, and you shall renew the face of the earth. So there was a fall, and, and God did turn his face away, but that was for a time. He, he eventually turns his face back towards humanity and initiates the plan of salvation with Abraham and then Moses and Israel and his chosen people and eventually Jesus, the ultimate realization of God turning his face back to humanity. Actually, God putting on a human face and coming and redeeming us. And then we actually, we get all the way in this psalm to new creation, to glorification, to eternity. Verse 31, the glorious majesty of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. A never-endingness to this joy that God has in his creation when it's finally consummated, when, when heaven and earth are reunited in their full form, that there's this constant overflow of love and joy between God and his people and his creation. And, uh, and it's fascinating. You find Christ here, too. You find Jesus, the death and the resurrection. Look at verse 29. That's the death. When you hide your face away, they're troubled. When you take away their breath, they die and are turned again to their dust. What does the gospel say? Jesus gave up his spirit, his breath, when he died. He became dust. He, he became dead on our behalf. But then the resurrection in verse 30, when you let your breath go forth, they shall be made, and you shall renew, new creation, resurrection, the face of the earth. Um, if the spirit of the one who raised Christ from the dead. There's this idea in Scripture that uh, the whole Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is, is acting in the resurrection of Jesus, not just one or the other, but the Spirit is there. And that same Spirit is given to us in salvation. And that's where we take the turn from God's story to ours, because this is, this is also our story. Each and every one of us were created by God. Thrown into existence, yes, born not of our consent, but uh, born by providence. God created us. He wanted us. He made us in his image. We actually are the face of the earth in a literal sense. God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils, breathed into his face the breath of life. We're, we're the earth with a face. We're created in God's image, but we're also simultaneously fallen in Adam. We're created, but we're also fallen because of our state. That we suffer the consequences of what happened in Genesis 3. But then we're redeemed. We're redeemed by Jesus' death and resurrection, verses 29 and 30. And then out of that, we're made new creations by Jesus in the Spirit. And we wait, being a member of the citizenry of heaven already. We wait for the consummation. We wait when one day it actually will be the case 
that the Lord rejoices fully and finally in all his works, verse 31. So the question I want to leave us with this afternoon is, what, what chapter of the story are you in? Where are you in the story that God's writing? Where do you think the story is headed? How would you like it to end? In a sense, the story for all of us ends the same way. Believers in Jesus, we all will eventually get to this place. In verse 31, the glorious majesty of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in all his works. That's what awaits us. And that's worth waiting for.